They just started speaking in tongues. So I'm telling you, if you've been believing and it hasn't happened, keep believing, keep desiring, keep pressing into God. I think someone was driving and they were just like listening to some worship music. The power of God come on them in the car because they were thinking about the message or whatever. And they started speaking in tongues. Like, I'm telling you, don't, God isn't just moving here right now. He is he moving your car. Get hungry for God wherever you are. I'm telling you what, it was incredible. Every message in the series so far has kind of been building on each other. Pastor Nate's the week before was incredible. And um, so if you've missed anything, jump on YouTube, uh, podcast, check it out. Uh, they're so good. They're so good. Welcome online. I don't want to forget you. It's so good you joined us this morning. And this morning we are talking about the spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, not gifts, moving images that are funny. Um, gifts. I don't know if there's such thing as a spiritual gift, maybe, but uh, spiritual gifts this morning. And I'm not going to, I just want to say up front, I'm not going to go and break down every spiritual gift here this morning. I'm not going to go into the nuance and the weeds of every spiritual gift. No, we're going to we're going to br- uh, brush over the top, and we're just going to talk. We're going to talk about the fact that you have there are spiritual gifts available for you, that you can develop them. And then you can use them. You can deploy them. They, they, they are useful. And so this morning, if you didn't know that there was any such thing as spiritual gifts, this morning you're going to learn about spiritual gifts. And then there's people here this morning that you operate in spiritual gifts or it's been a while since you've been operating in your spiritual gifts. And uh, I hope that God just kind of reignites that this morning in you to use again. So come on, we're going we're gonna to open up in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. So if you want to open up your Bible on your phone, on your iPad, in your, your physical Bible, I, I like the physical. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. Now, before I get started, there are a bunch of spots where Paul loves, he's talking about spiritual gifts. And we're not going to go into them all today, but I want you to write these down for your personal study time. We've got Romans 12, 3 to 8. Talks about spiritual gifts there. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, which we're speaking on this morning. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. And Ephesians 4, 10 to 16. And if you miss that, just read the whole books. They're short. And you get, to, you get it in context. But just a little background quickly on this Corinthian passage where Paul is talking to the Corinthians on spiritual gifts. As we have to remember that Paul is writing a letter. Paul is actually not writing theology when he writes a letter to churches. He's not writing the textbook on how to do life with Jesus. There's lots of great hints, like a lot of good hints, like read that. But he's not not writing the definitive guide on how to do Christianity. He's not writing theology. He's writing a letter to a community in a moment in time which has a context and a culture and specific things that are going on. So we've got to remember that as we read about the spiritual gifts, or we read about anything when Paul is writing a letter, is that he's writing into a specific situation. And if we were to take this passage and try and interpret it and break it down and learn everything about the spiritual gifts from just these passages, it's like taking out one segment of, a, of a, an email chain It's like taking out one email and trying to understand what everyone's been talking about the whole time. It's like taking out one blue bubble in your iMessages, reading that, or like, you know, you get you get included into a group message. You have no idea what's going on unless you read the whole thing. And so I'm gonna be just focusing on this passage this morning, but I encourage you, read like 
before and after each of these passages to help give you context and kind of the tone of how Paul is approaching this subject. And uh, that's why I'm not going to go breaking down every spiritual gift because guess what? Paul doesn't do it. Paul doesn't break down, you know, now this is what this does, this is what this does, no. And we're going to find that out just in a second. So the Corinthian, the culture at the time uh, in the Corinth church was that people were using their spiritual gifts or spiritual abilities. I loved how Pastor Nate said that the other week. Spiritual abilities, supernatural abilities from God. And they were using their spiritual abilities and they were using it with the wrong attitude. And the attitude was kind of like, I have spiritual abilities, so I'm like, I'm super Christian. Or I'm extra, I'm super spiritual, like my XP is way higher, I'm way OP, or something like that. Like, you know, they, they, were, they were walking around as if they, 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 there's like a new level of spirituality, of Christianity, that they were like the super kind of enabled ones. And Paul came in with this letter to address that circumstance. And here we read 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Yeah, Paul, I mean, I'm just going to read Paul this morning. I think, gee. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. Whoa, God, God, Spirit. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know what happened there. All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. How good is that? And what's amazing is the passage or a passage in Scripture that we're quite familiar with when Paul talks about the body of Christ and that the fact that there are many members, but each member has its place in the body. That each place has its function in the body with Christ as the head. That there is no more body part more important than the other that they all serve as one body for Christ, that's where he launches into straight after this passage. And I'm not going to break that down, but he goes into the importance of that. And then we come to 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. And he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, the apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, the miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and different kinds of tongues. And then he goes on to a rhetorical rant, and he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all really have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And guess what? You could imagine as people are listening or because someone used to read out the letters to the community, they're waiting for the answer. They're waiting for this definitive answer. Oh, do we get all of them? Don't we get all of them? Do special people get special gifts? And Paul doesn't answer it. He's like, mic drop. And he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And he doesn't specifically answer it. And it leaves us wondering. And when we start to read the other passages of Scripture about the spiritual gifts, we find that Paul isn't really making some kind of definitive claim on spiritual gifts. And I love what N.T. Wright says. He says, when we put all this raw material together, what do we get? 
All this information that Paul is talking about, spiritual gifts. He says we get a muddle, <laughs> this muddle of gifts. Some are repeated, some aren't. It's almost like Paul isn't letting us make some kind of rule about this stuff. Just like Pastor Mel was talking about tongues last week. He says a muddle. Some might be tempted to imagine... Oh, sorry, I'm going to redo that quote because I read it wrong. When we put all this raw material together, what do we get? We get a muddle. And some might be tempted to imagine... Some might be tempted to imagine. Sorry, I totally read that wrong again. No, Paul would say, we don't get a muddle. We get the rich, diverse life of God's people. Paul just doesn't want to put God in a box and kind of define it for us because if Paul made a definitive guide on all this stuff, we'd kind of end up just like the Pharisees. Because guess what? The Pharisees made definitive guides on God. He's saying, no, the Spirit, we can't, we can't hold Him down in this way. So I don't know about you, do you have a gift? Do you know your spiritual gift? Do you know that you have available to you spiritual gifts? Maybe you have spiritual gifts lying dormant on the inside of you. And this word gift is kind of misleading because when we think of gift, we think of something we receive that we get to enjoy ourselves. I don't know, you, I don't know about you, but I love receiving gifts. Gifts. I get. I love receiving gifts as well. They're pretty funny. Uh, who loves enjoying? Who loves a gift? Four, five, six people. Come on, everyone loves getting gifts. Come on, gee. Now kids are like every time their birthday happens, they're like, "How long to my next? How long to like? How many days to the next birthday? Like three hundred and sixty-five days, three hundred sixty-four days, or whatever." And uh, but I love receiving gifts. And uh, I remember when I was young, I received a gift from my parents, and it was a guitar, a beautiful guitar. I thought I, was, I received this gift, but I also believed I was gifted. And, um, and uh, I know Pastor Rach was talking about this this morning. I've got I to bring my jar, I've got to fill that up, and I've got to get on team. Like I've, I wanted to play drums, but Mum said it's too loud and big, so the next one was the guitar. So i got a guitar. I've got a Yamaha Pacifica. Does anyone, any guitarist out there? Now, you know that that is a really good guitar. Like, you know, when you go shopping for guitars, look for motorbike brand guitars. That's how, you know, Yamaha, yeah, I'm going to get a, it was a beautiful handcrafted MDF body, MDF, really good tone, two-pack poly, and it was like two-pack poly blue with like sparkle. Like, I'm, I still got it. I, I should, I mean, I should bring it out. And, um... But I got this as a gift and I was like, yes, and I, want, I just so wanted to play guitar. And I, I grew up in like the emo era. Any emo era people? Man, Callan Hoppy's still living in the emo era. Loves it. I saw you put up some like guitar riffs on, online. Like, oh, I loved it. I grew up in the 2005 era where I was like Under Oath, The Used, Paramore. I know this is going over a lot of people's heads. Uh, but I loved it. It involved lots of screaming, aggravation, you know, teen angst, all that. I still love it, secretly. And, um, and me and my mates wanted to start a band. We're like, we're going to start a band. Come on, we're gifted. We've got, we're, the world needs to see this gift. Like, they're missing out. We're a gift to the world. And, um, and so we used to jam in, the, in, the, in kind of his basement or whatever because he's a really good drummer. Everyone else was really good musicians uh, except me. I practiced spinning my guitar around my neck. Because um, they used to do that on the concerts I went to, and I was at my friend's house. I didn't. This is the Yamaha Pacifica. I didn't have any like locking clips or anything. I'm in the lounge room. I'm like, oh, he checked this out, and they had like nice lights and stuff. And I'm just like, Phew, and I'm like, swinging it. And like, any moment, this thing could just come off 
off the straps and fly out the window. But I did it. I did it. I'm like, I can't wait to do that at a concert one day. Anyway, long story short, we, we called ourselves The Plea because that's really emotional and, and uh, depressing, The Plea. But then we put our band up on MySpace. MySpace! And, uh, and then a band from Scotland said, no, we're called The Plea. You can't be The Plea. And we're like, oh, okay. I guess you're from Scotland. That, I mean, and you already exist. So we had to change our name. We changed it to Untitled Pending for a little while. And then we came up with a name that was... It was really, we thought, yes, we hit the nail on the head. We called it atrophy. We're like, atrophy. You know, like muscle die, atrophy, kind of. We're like, yes, that's emo, that's good. And then we started recording. We, we decided to record a song, a demo. And we got into his 4 by 4 room, like drums, me, Colin, the bassist. And then we had our screamer. We have, you got to have a screamer. And we had our singer, because you've got to have a little like, break from screaming. And... Um, <laughs> And we're in the room, and we're like, we're going to record. We had a riff. We had something going. So this was exciting. And, uh, but the computer we had was one of those big, fat cream computers. You know, the plastic cream ones that turn yellow. They go Simpson after a bit. And they, I don't know why the old plastic goes yellow, but we had one of the matching microphones. Remember the microphones that were, like, curved like this, like the plastic ones? That was our recording instrument. So we placed it at the front of the room, right, we just put it there, and then we got ready to play, and we hit record on Windows Sound Recorder. We hit record. I still got the recording to this day, right? And we played, and it was awesome. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. It was really good. The drummer really carried us. Um, and we were pumped. We were like, the world's going to see our gifting. It's going to be incredible. And, but the problem was the, the, the vocalist and the screamer had to come up with lyrics to the song. We did the song. They had to come up with lyrics. And... They couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't figure out the lyrics. That was it. They couldn't figure out the lyrics. They couldn't see eye to eye. They, just, they couldn't make it work. And we're all kind of getting annoyed. Like, write some lyrics. The world's never going to hear our music if you don't write some lyrics. And that was it. They just refused to write lyrics because they couldn't get along. And that was the end of the band. And the name of the band, how ironic is this? The name of the band, Atrophy, we just died after one song. Like, it was a fulfilled prophecy. Atrophy, we just, that was it. And that was it. That was finished. Absolutely finished, and uh, I still have this desire today to be in a band. <laughs> but my point is, we weren't unified. We weren't unified with our gifts. We weren't unified around one vision. And if you actually have a recording budget, they give you a producer. Like we, we know, we weren't signed. <laughs> we knew some people that were signed. We knew of them. But proper bands get producers for the very reason to keep everyone's gift, everyone's unique contribution in alignment with the vision that the producer has, to keep everyone in line, to, to bring everyone in. Like, I love your ideas, but does that align to the vision? Does that align to the cause? And when it comes to our spiritual gifts, guess who's the producer? The Holy Spirit. Just like Paul says, comes from the one spirit, he is the producer, the Holy Spirit. He's the foreman on the building site. There are so many different tools. No one of them is more important than the other because they're all working together to build something. And the foreman organises and the Holy Spirit's also the architect. And we've got the conductor and the composer in an orchestra, in the symphony, where he's bringing everyone in alignment to create this sound, this beautiful sound, this song that together each 
each individual component makes up and works towards. And this is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do with our gifts in the church. He wants to bring us together with our gifts for the common cause to build up the body of Christ and to show the nature of God to the rest of the world. What's your gift? Is your gift dormant? And the good news this morning is that you can discover your gift. You can discover your gift to build the community of God's people, to express, you know, that word gift is actually translated as a grace. You have been given a grace. So it's not this this thing that we've received to enjoy in and of itself. No, but it's a grace that we have been given to release a, a, a kind of a portion of the nature of God to the people around us, to the world around us. And each and every single one of us, there are gifts available. There's a grace available, a grace to steward, to serve others, to serve the community. Maybe you haven't discovered your gift yet or maybe you discovered them a long time ago but haven't been operating in them for a while. But this morning, I want to let you know you can discover your gift they're a gift, you can't earn it. How good is that? You can't earn it. It's not something available for the super spiritual or the spiritual elite or the mature. You can't earn it. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So we, to discover the gifts, we have to desire the gifts. We have to hunger to serve through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ. He says, especially that you may prophesy. And not because it's more important, just because it's the most beneficial to those around us. See, when you realise that the spiritual gifts you have been given to humbly steward are not a reflection of how spiritually elite you are compared to others, but it's a gift from God to express His nature, there comes a freedom and a confidence to use that gift because it's not by your abilities. It's not by how good you are. You didn't earn it. It's because of how good He is that He distributes the gifts. So I think in discovering our gifts, we have to, one, desire the gifts. Desire it with the correct attitude. When I was young, I desired the gifts, but it was more to be validated somehow by my, by the, my Father in heaven. So that I thought, if I could operate in spiritual gifts, that mean, must mean God's happy with me. That must mean God really likes me. It was with the wrong attitude. No, you've already been validated. So when we, when we go after spiritual gifts, it's not about you, it's about Him and others. So we need to desire with the correct attitude. We need to pray. We need to go to God. I love that Paul isn't so specific that we can figure out spiritual gifts all by ourselves. No, it's like the New Testament is written in a way that we have to engage in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How good is that? We have to engage with the Holy Spirit. So go, go away with God and work over those spiritual gifts and pray about it. Lord, what spiritual gift do you have for me to operate in? What spiritual gift do you have for me to serve in, to serve others in? Pray about it. Begin with the Bible. Read through Scripture. Consume sound teaching on it. There's plenty of teaching that we could direct you to that, um, that would break down even further spiritual gifts. Um, consume sound teaching and testimonies. And in community is where we can discover the spiritual gifts. So often we hear Paul talking about the laying on of hands to receive the gift or that people have received gifts through prophecy, you know, which might just be, hey, I just feel like this is on your life and it might be just confirming to you, wow, that, yeah, this must be a gift that God's given me to operate in and I need to develop that. So one, 
You can discover your gift. You don't earn it. You don't pay for it. No, it's from God. So desire it. Desire the spiritual gift. It's a good thing. Number two, we can develop our gifts. God wants to extend His kingdom expression through you. And, and sometimes we need to get out of the way. And so we need to develop these gifts. And so we develop in community. We practice. We practice our spiritual gifts. We use them. We're not going to get them right all the time. We don't get angry at our toddlers when they don't walk straight away. Right? But if we're in alignment with the fruit of the Spirit, and a lot of this passage in Corinthians goes on to talk about uh, doing everything in love, if we're doing it in love and the right attitude and the right spirit, it's okay if we don't get it right all the time. And we can develop. And this community is a safe place to develop. And sometimes that just means instead of saying, Thus saith the Lord... We say, I just feel like God, He might be saying this to you. It's not like, this is the Word of the Lord coming upon you. No, just say, hey, I, I, feel, I just feel this encouraging Word for you. Take it or leave it. Let me know if it hits home or doesn't. It's a safe place to do that, to develop our gifts. Get a mentor who operates in that gift. Find someone who operates in that gift in this community because you can learn from them. I love what Mr. Beast says. I don't know if you know who Mr. Beast is, probably 15% of you. But he says, mentors are like cheat codes. Mentors are like cheat codes. You don't have to do it all yourself. So a mentor can also keep you accountable and make sure you're operating with the right spirit in your spiritual gift. You don't need to develop your gifts. You don't need to be on stage to develop your gifts. You can give someone an encouraging prophetic word out in the foyer afterwards in a, just a beautiful, simple way. Hey, I feel like God was saying this for you this morning. Scripture is in my heart for you. You can pray for sick people. You don't need to be on a stage to use your spiritual gifts. Most of the spiritual gifts are probably the most beneficial off the stage. In your home with people, in your home with friends. Like why? Let's not be scared to operate in our spiritual gifts. When we're with friends and we're like, oh, I've, done this, I've got this injury. Like just, hey, let me pray for you. God might heal it. Like let's go for this, you know. Do it in your friendship circles. This should be just our normal operating mode of operation. 1 Timothy 4.14, I'm going to speed along here. He says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. We need to develop our spiritual gifts. Don't neglect it. Because it's for the service, it's for the body of Christ. 2 Timothy 1.6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of hands. I think some people have a gift that they know about, but it hasn't been used for a while. I believe God wants to fan. He wants you to fan that thing into flames this morning. There are people who need your gift here. Point number three, your gift. So point number one, you can discover. Point number two, you need to develop your gift. Point number three, your gift is made for deployment. It's made for use. There's no good in saying, oh, these are my spiritual gifts, but you never use them. Use your spiritual gifts. The world needs our spiritual gifts. And I've just got a few scriptures here before we finish. They're not just given for personal enjoyment. N.T. Wright says this, if, it, if this is what these gifts were, they were not given for people to enjoy the experience of receiving and exercising them. Of course, there is an exhilaration, a delight in being fully what God has called and equipped you to be. But the point is that the gifts, the gift is God's gift to the whole church through the individual who has received it. God naturally gives gifts to different people in such a way that the church will be bonded together in ways that God sees as appropriate. How powerful is that? 
John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. It's Jesus. He says, we will have the ability by the Holy Spirit to display the Gospel with greater works than even He had. For the Kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. 1 Corinthians 2.4, Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but by demonstrations of the Spirit's power. And that is just not for people up on here. This is for every single one of us, the whole body. And not one gift is more important than the other. I would think so. But Paul says, no, I would think miraculous powers are kind of more exciting than gift of administration. But Paul says, no, it's just as spiritual. It's just as useful. We need every single thing to build this thing. We need every single person operating in their gifts to unlock the potential in those around them and to see the Kingdom of God come. So we need to use them. And this morning, I just want to create a moment for us to just come and be filled again. So if I, I was wondering if the band wants to come out, let's just stand for a second. You might be, you might be before we go into that, you might be here visiting this morning or you might be online visiting for the first time. Thanks for joining us. It's so good to have you. And if you're here visiting, so good to have you. And you might be thinking, what's this? They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about spiritual things. This sounds what? This is crazy. But really, we are kind of crazy. <laughs> but in such a real way, because our God is tangible. Jesus is real. And I'll tell you what, He's the only thing that will ever fully satisfy. He's the only one that will ever fill every crevice inside of us. And you know, He died on the cross for us. He paid every, he, paid, he, he died and paid the price for every single one of our sins, our past, our present and our future sin. He destroyed it. It says He made a public spectacle of every power and authority on the cross. He says all your wrongdoing, all your shame, He says has been defeated by the cross so that you can enter in to connection and relationship with Christ. And so this morning, if you haven't said, you haven't made the decision and believed that Jesus died for your sins this morning, you can receive that free gift. And so online, I just want to direct you to the pastors that are online and they're going to help you and direct you if that's you this morning. And we're so glad you could join us. So we're going to switch over to Pastor Darren and Beck in the foyer. But this morning, if that's you, I want you to come down the front with the call this morning. Thank you. Lord. But for every single one of us. Well, if you need prayer right now, just uh, really want to encourage you to post in the chat right now. Just post something in the chat right now if you need personal prayer. And, uh, and I'd love to pray for you today. Person right now. 
thank you, Lord. Just let, allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Just allow him to touch you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, mighty God. Pour out grace. Pour out grace. Thank you, Lord. If you uh, require prayer today for anything, would you just put it in the chat right now? Just put it in the chat and uh, we'll be able to see that and pray for you specifically, pray for you personally. And um, I'm just going to be praying right now that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on you, that you would sense His presence, that you would, uh, if there's a spiritual gift that you're really hungering for, maybe it's the gift of prophecy, the Word says, you know, our eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And so why don't you just um, open, open your hands, like maybe stand to your feet if you can, put out your hands and be like, God, I want you to move on me today. We need to move on us today. Maybe if you if 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 this is not something that you're really you know moving towards right now, maybe start praying for others in the chat. Maybe start praying for the other people that are there and being like, God, would you move on them? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you would you fill us? Would you baptize us? Would you refill us in your spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. Just move on each one today, mighty God. Move on each person today. Just let your, uh, your presence come. 